same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Thank you, Vandello, and welcome again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fury. And with me, as always, is the Paradise Island to my Themyscira. <laughs> the Ooh. Captain Nazi, the lingerie on the beach to good taste everywhere. Oh. It's Bear. <laughs> I, that, that was one of the worst ones. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. So I'm not gonna, and I'm just gonna move on to introducing... The woman that we wonder why she still hangs around us <laughs> is Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I think that that was a very good choice. It was a solid choice to just ignore it and all and move, move and on. Just move on. Move forward. Yes, move forward. Hashtag every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as usual, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest today. Once more, we have Kat Esman. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me again. Woohoo! And uh, as shocked no one, we will be doing a Gail Simone book again today because the option was given. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are actually a lot of very good Wonder Woman writers, but I mean, I have a type. <laughs> and we have, in fact, gotten into the history a little bit of Wonder Woman, and we will uh, stay tuned because all of us have a lot to say on it. <laughs> uh, but before that, as a treat this season, we have decided that we're going to do a themed drink. Per episode that one member of the uh, of the podcast group will surprise the others with. Uh, I did give the option for either of my co-hosts to jump in on this one. and I, I tried to tell him that if it was going to be me, I was just going to make him drink a gorilla sweat because it was part of the comic. But <laughs> I don't think nobody... I, I like my friends too much. Well, and after the mass complaining for especially my Dread episode... Uh, <laughs> my Judge Dread drink. I decided to be very nice. So this, although Bear is not going to be happy with the first bottle, this has it's gin. It is gin. Why, why do you have gin? And then I have washed my hands, but I have cucumbers. This isn't going getting any better. Each of these glasses. Gets two, exactly two, exactly according to the recipe. Two cucumbers of cucumber. Yep. Topped with, Those and I like have slabs of cucumber. I have regular and diet ginger ale. This is called an Amazon. It is a popular drink from the 1950s. Okay. Sounds good to me. So you want to put a shot of gin in each of those glasses? So, Kat, you were here last season for Birds of Prey, uh, our other, our first Gail Simone episode, uh, where we talked about uh, the Birds of Prey movie compared to Gail Simone's Birds of Prey uh, comic. Um, so, we've gotten your kind of view of comics since then, but since we last met... <laughs> What's uh, what's been your comic book, uh, you know, what's been on your shelf? What's been going uh, through? Well, when we last met, it was beginning of quarantine. That's true. It was. Um, since then, it has been more pandemic and, uh, you know, hurricanes. So, I haven't done a ton of comic reading. Um, 
Let me think. Uh, actually, I did. I picked up the Critical Role TPB, um, which Critical Role is a, um, a tabletop RPG game done by a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors. Woo-hoo! And they have a comic book written... Oh, Woody. You gave me alcohol. This will be fun. Uh, that's a thing that happens ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, they actually have written a comic book. They have two. The first one was written by a guy named Matt Colville, and that was part one. And part two just came out, uh, written by, I believe, Jody Hauser. And it's it was super good. It was very good. They're covering stuff that happened in their campaign before they started doing the stream. Okay. So it's, you know, it's all new. I have not really done much listening to Critical Role, but it's been on my list. Uh, you're playing with your cucumbers. I, I'm playing with... Sorry, it's just it's just a mouth in my drink, and it's going to go, Wonder Woman! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, the Amazon. Uh, Slancha. Slancha. Cheers. Clinky. Oh yeah, I like that. It's refreshing. Uh, we'll surpri- see. Surprisingly, <laughs> like that's not that's not terrible. I don't hate that. Which is surprising because you're not a fan of gin. I, I don't like gin. I'm not really a big fan of ginger ale, and I kind of despise cucumbers. I, I actively despise cucumbers unless they're pickled. And it's like that was the biggest is like mm. a big nose full of cucumber, and I'm like, well, that's ah. the that's one of the primary tastes that I'm getting from this drink as well as cucumber. But I will eat anything. Right. Right. <laughs> <So. laughs> If the cucumber has not been soaked in vinegar for several weeks, I am not particularly interested in it. But I like ginger ale, so I will give it a try until it gets that far down and then it's all booze and then I will tap out like we a We have bitch. more ginger ale. You can add more ginger ale to it. Because <laughs> I am 90% a teetotaler who never drinks alcohol, so this will be a thing. Yeah, no, this has been, in fact, the first real year that I've known you to, like the last 12 months have been the last time that I've known you to drink anything other than... When not your father's root beer came out, I that was that good. Was okay. And I, even then, I could do like a bottle. Yeah. So uh, back to Wonder Woman. Um, I wanted to open this up by asking, and I know we almost never ask this. Uh, I think the only other time we have talked about it is on Preacher. But did anyone read the foreword? I, I did. Absolutely read the foreword. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw that it was written by Mercedes Lackey, I was just like, oh, childhood back i used to read her books all the time when i was a kid okay yeah i didn't i didn't know who she was but i read it because i I, the first few sentences i found interesting so i definitely read it and a lot of fantasy novels again uh, right see i was i'm urban fantasy i'm not generally fantasy fantasy so i've never read her oh yeah if you're a fan of like anything dungeons and dragons like right uh, Dragonlance stuff Furthest like I got was Dragonlance. Um, she writes, uh, the one that I had read was uh, The Last Herald Mage, which is about basically a guy who's born who is both a psychic and a mage. He's the last one of his kind, and he's gay. Okay. Um, and it's an amazing story. Awesome. Well, I, I wanted to read the first few uh, lines of this, because... Like Jed said, it pulled me in immediately, and it really... I'm going to call back to this later, at least in my notes. We'll see if we get to it earlier than that. But um, So her introduction is called The Remaking of a Goddess, and she starts with, I have a confession to make. Most of my life, I found Wonder Woman kind of an embarrassment. 
I should have liked her. The comic writers certainly intended for her to be the girl's version of Superman. Here she was, Amazon princess, strong, powerful, and independent. The very icon of, of woman, right? Yeah, right. The very icon of woman who was relegated to being secretary of the J JLA at its founding, who ran around simpering after Steve Trevor like Betty after Archie. Gah! And the, yeah, that's... Uh, that intro spoke to you on multiple levels. It really did. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it also compared her to Superman, which... Not not for this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared for that fight, Lassa. Well, and, and that was... The reason that that pulled me in was... Because I know Gail Simone's writing, mm -hmm. even though I had never read this piece of writing. Which, by the way, is The Circle, um, is, is the name of yeah. the graphic novel. So, I, understanding Gail Simone's writing, I was really curious to what Mercedes Lackey had to say about Gail Simone's Wonder Woman. So, that's why I read the, the preface, the foreword. And I would recommend everyone reads the foreword. Get picked up this graphic novel. I mean, I'm I'm gonna rush right to the end for me and just say, pick up this comic. This comic was amazing. This yes. this was actually really awesome. And when you're done reading this, and you're done reading the rest of the Gail Simone stuff. You should go read some Mercedes Lackey stuff because that is also really awesome. <laughs> so the the circle uh, was written, as we said, by Gail Simone. And then the art was done by uh, two people, Terry Dodson and Bernard Chang. I wanted to talk for a second about Terry Dodson because it's a name that I've recognized, but I, and I had to go and check out, like, where do I know that name from? There Did is you a, know his, is it his wife, Rachel? Rachel Dodson? Dodson? That did the... That's Terry Dodson. That's where I was going. On now, the wall. You, but you've got one that by Rachel Dodson that's signed by her because we saw her at C2E2. I don't remember which one it is, but there's one that she signed because both their names are on it. I don't remember that. Yeah. I will have to look that up. Okay. Sorry. Sorry that for that is. aside. <laughs> and if I don't, Cut. <laughs> uh, but I looked him up, and yeah, it was The Evil That Men Do, which is uh, written by Kevin Smith. It's a Spider-Man Black Cat uh, series that I absolutely She's love. She's on the cover of that, too. Rachel. Rachel. Yes, ah, there we go. Kevin Smith, Terry Dodson with Rachel Dodson. There you go. So it's that one. So, yeah. <laughs> Although that one I just have signed by Kevin Smith. I don't have it. Yeah. I remembered a thing about comics that you didn't know. That's true. <laughs> I want this. I want this marked in history. I want it commemorated forever on the internet. It needs to be. It needs to be not edited out so that it will live forever in the internet. That's future Josh's decision. <laughs> future sober Josh's decision. Huh? We'll see about that. Um. But yeah, the, the other point that I had, because other than really liking Terry Dotson and, and the way that he draws, I have a thing about specifically faces. Um, when I go and I try to, is it the Gambit and Rogue? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, we've got it somewhere. And I'm like, it's on the wall. It's upstairs. It's upstairs. <laughs> so apparently it's, it's, a, it's a cover that was Terry Dotson. Uh, no. No? It was her. Okay. It's her art. Okay. Rachel Dodson. Okay. And she signed it for you. Okay. <laughs> in either case, cut in. <laughs> uh, I have a thing about faces. And when I go to like C2E2 and when I go to different conventions and I want to pick up a print, I am so touchy about faces. Like, 
Artwork can be amazing, and for some reason, the face just looks janky, and I don't understand it. Uh, but Terry Dodson's one of those artists that I really like how he does faces, and, and Wonder Woman in this looks like an Amazonian. She has, like, the, the you know, angles on her face... She is able to express emotion in a very believable way, like you're looking at a movie. Um, so I just wanted to give, we don't talk a lot about art all the time right. on this show. but And it, it, I'm sorry, it was interesting that you brought that up because I remember thinking there was a panel of Wonder Woman's face where I was like, oh, that's like the, you know, big eyed whatever. And I'm like, uh, and then I realized that was during the scene where she starts to court Steve. No, not Steve. Not Steve. Uh, what's his name? His name Tressler. is not... His Adrian name is Tressler. Trevor Tressler. There yeah, Trevor. His name is not Steve. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not Steve. Not anyway, Steve. when she starts to court him, you know, and she's like, this is a serious thing. These are these things. And he's just like, he doesn't know what to make of it. I realized that's her being, being kind of be fun, but being funny. It's also a different artist. Is it? Yeah, the yeah. circle, okay. the first three are the circle, right. and then the last one is uh, the Brendan, Brendan Chang. Chang. Bernard Chang. Bernard Chang, sorry. Yeah, uh, the Bernard whole art Chang style part. changes there. The whole art style changes, and it's kind of a different... Um, that was during the circle, though. Mm-mm. That's right. No, it's a, that's right the after. end. Because oh, okay. Bear and I were talking earlier, and he was like, oh, it's the last comic feels like it doesn't fit. And I was like, kinda. And then I read I reread it and I was like, actually, it does in a way that it's it's kind of showing some of the lessons she learned in the earlier part of the comic and putting mm-hmm. them into like application, but it does still not quite fit in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. when it moves from the circle yes. into expatriate. Yeah. So yep. there right. is kind You're of a tacked right. on comic which feels a little it's it feels like they were trying to make it long enough to be able to produce a TPB. Right. Um but it actually does work a little bit because it does kind of call into itself a little bit. Part again. Yeah. But I, I agree. Her, she's kind of she's messing with this guy. Yeah. But she's also trying to be very emotive and emotional to him because she's being vulnerable, which is not a thing Diana gets to be very often. There it is. That one. Mm. Oh, that is part where she made fun of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is all audio. So. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> in in all these other interesting in, in all the other panels, she's talking. She's very serious. And then there's one panel where she has like quite like the textbook definition of doe eyes. Yeah. And then and that is the frame, the panel in which she is basically giving him shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's just messing with him. Yep. I love it. Which that whole scene and and we won't we won't go into spoilers, but it's a courtship. Yeah. thing but all I kept thinking and I knew Bear would appreciate it was get my nut yeah <laughs> for the Can you? four other people that right. have ever seen the movie Tomcats <laughs> but I agree with you the art in this book in particular was amazing and it's one of the reasons I liked it and one of the I, I picked this one for multiple reasons part of it is that it is a different angle at her origin story which I thought paired well with the movie which is an origin story yeah and it's uh, this is also interesting, and we'll we'll start talking about the movie a little bit too. But I wanted to really start the discussion because I think all of us came to Wonder Woman in very different ways, and I think we were discussing that a little earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, a little earlier full, today, when we were watching Linda watching Carter, the seventies Linda Carter Wonder Woman, watching Suffering Through one of the two. <laughs> I mean, we could we could do a podcast just MST three King that entire series. We probably could because <laughs> we had to in a lot of ways to kind of get through some of it. But I 
just yeah. point out how interesting this is to me because that was a show from my childhood mm-hmm. and how terrible you think it is. Do you now understand how I feel about Teenage, Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles? <laughs> I was actually thinking okay. that. Team right. Millennial says that they both suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now hang on, because I also watched Linda Carter version when I was a kid. And I still like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, what was your cat? What was your introduction to Wonder Woman? I mean, we I, talked about how you got into comics later. Yeah, comics, but Wonder Woman. It's is one of the things I've got to note. We should, we'll probably dive into at one point. Is that this is your guys's first step into what I call the big three for DC Comics, right? There's the big three. There's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And sometimes you'll get, well, Wonder Woman's not really that big. I'm like, but she is. Because most people's introduction to Wonder Woman has nothing to do with a written page. Most people just True. know of her. They mm-hmm. just know who Wonder Woman True. is. So I don't remember. Probably the Justice League cartoon, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. But also probably reruns of that Wonder Woman show that I don't remember watching because my mom liked it. Like, we had just superhero TV and pop culture always around as kids. And so it's hard to pinpoint the first exposure but the first time I remember really getting into it was that Justice League cartoon back when I was middle school and like early high school and some of the episodes in there in particular great Wonder Woman ones the one where Wonder Woman's turned into a pig by Cersei ah so good it's just so good I need to go through and watch those because I watched the Batman animated and Shortly after they went to like Superman JLA, I, I stopped. Um, I stopped, but it's all on DC Universe now, so I can watch it whenever I want. And it's all good. Like yeah. the first season kind of sucks because they didn't quite know how to write Superman within the context of a team group, and they kept making him just kind of get his ass kicked a lot, which wasn't in- like it, it wasn't interesting. They were trying. They were stuck in that logic of why do we need a group if we have Superman? So we better like nullify him right away until they realized like all good writers should with Superman that you have to write your way around Superman. You can't just brute force your way around Superman. He's interesting when you're smart. If you're a lazy writer, Superman is bad. When you're a good writer who puts in the work, Superman is great. And they really fell into that trap in the first season of that show. But after that, they really hit the ground running. It was so good. So Jen, you mentioned the 70s. Uh, So that was your, your first foray into Wonder Woman? Yes. Um, absolutely. But I have to agree with Kat. I mean, Wonder Woman is part of the American zeitgeist, you know, since inception. She is, and actually knowing more about like Captain America, I'm surprised that he is, isn't as big as Superman, Batman, what have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my first actual experience with anything Wonder Woman was the Linda Carter 70s TV show. Um, although I will also say that my heart belonged to Mighty Isis. Because <laughs> your mom's Mighty Isis. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I guess I probably had the same zeitgeist kind of thing because I didn't grow up DC at all. Um, but I think I vaguely remember my little sister having some Wonder Woman themed stuff. But because my mom loved the 70s show and, right. and a lot of that but um i can't remember actually knowing her story past amazon you know woman uh probably until the 2000s well into the 2000s um but i do find it interesting that you were talking about the big three um both of you um because I went through and I was looking at what are the largest DC storylines and how was Wonder Woman represented in them. Um, and it's not great. 
it's it's really not. And, and yeah. but it's it's indicative. It's a weird. It's a weird. Like I, so, I'm like okay. Infinite Crisis, which I have because I believe you gave it to me years ago. I did. <laughs> uh, and at the time, you said it was good DC. It was. Uh, now I can Noted see for the record. I can uh-huh. see how I can see how problematic it was now. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a long time since two thousand like yeah. eight, dude. Right. <laughs> right. It's been a long time um, since two thousand nineteen. I don't know if you checked, but right. <laughs> uh, but looking at like. Infinite Crisis, uh, replaced by Black Canary. Like, when reality changes, Wonder Woman is gone. Yep. And Black Canary is in her place. Uh, Kingdom Come and Injustice, you get military Wonder Woman. Which I, I will go on the record to say I actually, because of this, I found a version of Wonder Woman I like more than Injustice Kingdom Come Wonder Woman. I like both Wonder Woman and Superman before now in villain roles, basically. I just find found them more intriguing that way, especially Injustice. Wonder Woman is very problematic in Injustice because she's basically the Lady Macbeth. Yes. Through all of Injustice, <laughs> pushing Clark to be more and more and more evil. I, I like that aspect until I realized she's one of the big three. <laughs> and she's one of the big three and it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. The whole time I'm playing that freaking game and reading that stupid comic, I'm going, but why? Okay, I get why Soup snapped. You set up why Soup snapped. But why is Wonder Woman a, like, mustache-twirling villain? Like, when did she go crazy? There's no reason for this. She didn't give a shit about Lois Lane. Why is she freaking out? It made me very mad because it's very antithesis to Wonder Woman. The last little bit I was looking at is like, okay, I haven't read it yet, and I would love to because I'm hoping that there will be a media aspect, even a cartoon of it. But the Tower of Battle series, um, which is the storyline in DC where um, Ra's al Ghul breaks into the Batcave and takes all of Batman's, like, if the JLA goes evil, he, he's how you kill all of them, oh, all and the... starts using them. And I'm like, okay, awesome. What is Wonder Woman's in this? He literally puts her in virtual reality with an opponent that she can't beat. And all she has to do is submit. And she will leave the program. Which she would do, by the way. Like. Right. But according to the comic, she <laughs> won't. And she will never give up. And she'll just exhaust herself to death. She's too stubborn to quit. That is literally in this great story of how you're going to take down these iconic people. That they just don't have an answer for Wonder Woman because she doesn't have a kryptonite. They never know what to do with her. Right. right. I mean, because she is a goddess. All right, because it is amusing, I will say that this is the cut-in, but I just want to let our audience know we had to take a break because we keep saying the word Amazon and everything in my house is lighting up like a goddamn Christmas tree and trying to talk to me. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, Bear, we didn't get around to you. First introduction to Wonder Woman, was it also the... Oh, absolutely, the the Linda Carter uh, TV series. Um, and I think I have to say, like, I think the main reason why, at least... Growing up for me, anyways, like why when you when we say that you know the big three are part of the the American zeitgeist is I mean if you think about it, Wonder Woman and Batman had television series like right like weekly syndicated shows that were on and everybody knew them, everybody watched them, everybody's like oh comics. Superman was in all the movies. So, well, but Superman also had the show going back, you know, since the radio earlier, show, even yeah, earlier, radio, yeah, the radio yeah. show, yeah, right. Um, so these. You know, these guys were out there all the way. I mean, if, if Wolverine would have had a, a a TV series in the 70s, he would probably be, you know, the be right up there with him. But you, you don't really put Wolverine 
anywhere in front of people like that. And I, th- I think it's interesting that you guys are finally getting into the big three because you touched on it a little bit, right? You touch on it with Birds of Prey and Joker because you're touching on Batman villains. Right. But it's not quite the same thing as hitting an actual big three comic. And I think there's a lot to be broken down there because I think it's an important discussion on how you interpret characters that have been written for 60 years with hundreds of different writers and some of them sucked especially Wonder Woman in her history is very roller coastery um and how do you figure out which parts you think are valid and things you can and then which parts are that was shitty we're just gonna ignore it and then also just breaking down that stigma of the idea of especially nerd boys um that you can't talk about comics unless you know everything. Well, you can't do that. You can't know every Wonder right. Woman comic that she's been written for. The first Wonder Woman comic was written in 1940. It is 2020. You can't know every Wonder Woman comic. So you have to kind of be able to break down that stigma of having to be an expert to be able to have this conversation. Like, I did more reading for this than I did Birds of Prey because I was more scared to talk about Wonder Woman <laughs> on the internet as a girl <laughs> because I didn't want to deal with who knows what going well, but she's wrong about this little, like, ephemeral. actually. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a stigma we have to break down or we're not going to get new people into comics. I, I completely agree with you. And I love that you brought that up because there is a very specific reason, and I think I've actually cut it out of most of the episodes when we've talked about it, that we have not done the Batman or Superman at all. And the reason is there's too much. Wonder Woman, there's a 70s show, there's a movie, there's one uh, Wonder Woman 85 coming out. And a bunch of animated. And a bunch of animated stuff, but... Some of which are good, one of which was written by Gail Simone. Just saying. Ooh, I'll check that out. Nathan Fillion is Steve Trevor. Okay. It could be better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Wonder Woman was more accessible for this show because people are getting into the movie the new one's coming out I'm super excited about it by the way because it looks pretty awesome I love the idea of Wonder Woman in the 80s um, I, sorry I, I, I was I was so ready excited. for that I was ready for that whole movie as soon as I saw her with the lasso swinging from lightning bolt to lightning bolt I'm like I'm in you got me I'm sold right there <laughs> but how would we possibly do a Batman episode like, do, do you just pinpoint one thing and one comic? How do you You have to just this? hold it to, like, yeah. one comic and one movie at a time because otherwise there's too many movies. And you're going to get bogged down with, yeah, these parts of the Burton ones were great, but then Joel Schumacher came in and put nipples right. on a bat suit. And right. did that really change it, or did nerd boys just not like it? Because right. it was slightly more effeminate than they wanted. And they're whiners. Well, and I think, I think that in one. the... In that the, girl was terrible in it, though. That part never dies. All of the Super most recent... All of the most recent Batman movies, the whole casting for them has to do with how good do your lips look. Oh, yeah. I can't argue with that Wait, see, at all. all. Wait, George have, Clooney, though, too. Yeah. George Clooney was 100% yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, and it... You're right, but at the same time, when you talk about... 60 years worth of comics history now you're going to add as you said you know the 70s Batman show and then you go to Burton's starting in the 80s there started to be Batman movies and then there was Batman Begins and then there was this new DC whole thing and you know you keep adding more and more and more and uh 
yes, for that, and we've discussed it as a possible, like, if Bear and I wanted, it, Jen has, has stated she's out if we do this, <laughs> but Bear and I have talked about doing a deep dive, like, get a guest or two, school of movies type, we're going to talk about Batman. We're going to talk about Superman. And it may be two hour and a half, you know, session, like a three hour session broken into two episodes released monthly. Where I fight with you about ba- about Superman? Yeah. <laughs> Just two hours of me fighting with you about Superman? Yes, because I have a lot of people that want to fight with us about Batman. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to fight about Superman until he's dead. <laughs> well, he's you know, argued with me. He wants me to give him comics that are good Superman comics, but take place before Superman died. And I have given you some. It's not my fault you didn't read them. I was about to say, you haven't given them to me. No, I gave you names. You gave me yeah. names of them. All Star was after. I was drinking. <laughs> All Star was after, right? Well, yeah, well, because well after because everything he died in the nineties, right? But like Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was pre-Superman dying, and that actually was really interesting, because we had that, like, which world do you go with in Marvel? All video evidence to the contrary. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the show version of Crisis on Infinite Earths was terrible. Thank Um, you. Thank you. I don't want to... Josh is the only one here that's just like, have you seen this? This is so amazing. The rest of us are like... You want to do an episode uh, on it because you hate me. I like... (laughs) See, and that's... That is, and we've discussed this. I think we discussed this, Birds of Prey. I like campy DC. Yeah. You know, because DC... So you were all for the nipples on the bad suit. Uh, I didn't go that There's far. There's a line. There <laughs> is a line. I do like Batman Who Forever. Who cares? Right. Yeah. It was more of an indicative of the overarching problem than an yes. actual problem yeah. itself. Batman had his own credit card in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You think? Yeah, are you saying this to me like I've Adam never West seen this Bat movie? Shark Repellent. I don't I know, know how on. that's better. Or See, worse. that's the that's the thing is I. And my line on that is Batman Forever. I liked Batman Forever. It has campy parts. It has ridiculous parts. Um, but it's not Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman and Robin. My my favorite way to explain how over the top it is is I have a friend, Jeremy Buxman. We were going and seeing some other movie. I think it was Highlander Endgame. But the... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I was about to oh, say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we <laughs> we went to many bad movies in the uh, early 2000s. And you didn't walk out of that one? No. Although he did walk out of that theater and say, I have a geek test. Would you like to see it? And I said, sure. And very loudly he said, that plot felt like Dick Grayson's parents. Oh, That was the reaction to tell if someone was a nerd. Or if people just looked over confused. <laughs> I have I have a a poster in my bedroom. It's on the wall. It's like the main piece of art in our bedroom that is this beautiful, artistically drawn, flying Grayson's one night only performance poster. And I think when I got it, you went, "Oh, geez, cat." Yes. Although, um, so the actual thing is, we saw the pr- trailer for Batman and Robin. And in it, it's like, and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. And at that moment, it was not in the trailer. My friend Jeremy goes, I will freeze Gotham with my giant freeze ray. Then we went and saw Batman and Robin, and he literally said the line, that was a joke. And Jeremy started to get up. And I just grabbed him and put him back in his seat. So, I mean, that's the level of like, 
ridiculous. I just can't. Like the seventies, yes, it's campy, and there's the bat, the the shark repellent, shark spray, repellent bat spray, and there's punching a dude, and they turn into dust because they didn't use hard water; they used soft water to reconstitute the goons. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but it all fits in that campiness. Batman Forever still somehow fit with the two Burton movies that preceded it. It wasn't super camp, but it was still enough that. So then, my question is: Is what was your thought on the how much of the actual like Linda Carter Wonder Woman series have you seen? That's it. That's it, right there. That is how much I have seen is the first episode. We go from camp in you know shark repellent bad spray to Paradise Island, and this is my. You know, this is my medical lingerie, and this is oh my... Oh, God, yes. This because is my track and field lingerie, and this is my... Business lingerie. Business lingerie. And here's here's Hippolyta, like, talking about Steve Trevor and literally, like, chewing on her knuckles. And it's like... It's uh, a man. It it's was, a it, man. It uh-huh. was... It, no, and, and that was my problem with that. It was that Hippolyta, in that, was... The fake Jessica Rabbit in Toontown from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wow, it's a man! Oh my god. Come to Gina! To be fair, it was also Cloris Leachman in the 70s. Also true. And she was chewing the scenery. But like like an under-exercised Yorkshire Terrier. She was chewing the scenery. (laughs) Yeah, uh... But that's, uh, I guess... I don't It was really great for that first scene, though, where she's just talking about Steve Trevor, and she's, like, stroking the curtains. For no reason. And for it no reason. I'm just it like, was... ooh. Like, I have, like, a whole yeah, bit about okay, I get it. Too. Play like, up the sexual tension, it. but <laughs> damn, like, it's not that much sexual tension. The guy's unconscious, for the love of God. Right, And yeah. he's no Chris Pine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh... So, also getting into... I'm going to have another one of these drinks. Oh, you, can like like it. You, you can leave that in there. Okay. I just I think I need one more to determine whether or not it's... Uh, Regular. Yeah. You know. Whether it's good or not. Yeah. You need to keep checking. Oh, that's a heavy I pour. You didn't use the jigger at all. <sighs> I had to refill the ginger ale because my ears are getting warm, which is not a sensation I usually have because I don't drink alcohol. Right. Um, no, I get it. But I drank it down to like here, and that's a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh... I'm graded on a curve here, guys. No, no, you, you absolutely are. <laughs> we're, so, we're sitting here like, we're professional alcoholics. Hey, cat, come on in. Oh, look, you had a drink. We're proud of you. <laughs> so as we've talked about... We, we no, celebrate everything here. Yeah. <laughs> as we've talked about No Chris Pine, let's go to the movie. Um, which... I will say, and I've been waiting to tell you, it's in my top three DC movies. I mean, I would hope so. It's in my top three DC movies. Currently, it goes Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. Okay. Um, And Batman Begins is probably in there, or Dark Knight, not Dark Knight. I'm sorry, I'm I'm counting new Just new, new just new verse, then 100% agreed. (laughs) Um, Except Wonder Woman's top. Wonder Woman... And you can cut this part out because I don't know how much you want to get into fights with Snyder bros because I hate Zack Snyder and that is a 
complicated opinion to have on the I internet. I don't know if we have enough followers yet to worry about Snyder Bros. Graphicallynovel at gmail.com at graphicallynovel there's no E uh, in the novel part of it on Twitter. Come at us Snyder fucking bros. We don't give a shit. I'm not giving you my user handle on this one because I don't want you to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't stand Zack Snyder. And this movie is like 85% perfect. Like, the casting is wonderful. The soundtrack is wonderful. The plot is great. Everything's great. Until the last fucking fight scene, which is just Zack Snyder. You got Zack Snyder and my Patty Jenkins, and you spoiled the mix. Because it's badly lit. It's horribly paced. There's no real plot. It's just this meaningless slugfest when, when she has been intelligent and thoughtful in how she has fought in every other fight scene. And then she starts fighting another god, and it's just punch each other in the face a bunch. And both Gal Gadot and, um, oh my god, Professor Lupin are better than this. They are both better actors than the melodramatic, terrible, you can, we can rule them all, Diana. Crap. It was such a good movie. And then, because I remember we watched it this morning, and I was like, this is great. I love this movie. I love this movie. All right, this fight scene. Similar yeah. problem, actually, in Aquaman. I don't hate it as much because like it's there's right, right, right. Cool. But, but it's more fun. It's brightly colored and yeah. well lit, which right. makes it better than the last fight in Wonder Woman. Uh, totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, it's because Zack Snyder was barely involved in Aquaman. Yeah. Because he had left the universe at the time that they made Aquaman. Because that was after he had to step out of Justice League. Right. <sighs> yeah. But the only bits that Jack Snyder had anything to do with with Wonder Woman was like the scene where they take the photo because they had to. That was the first scene they filmed because they had to use it for Justice League. Right. Um. And the big final fight scene, and it was terrible. It was like the worst parts of the movie. The worst part of that movie was the part that he had anything to do with, and you know it was him because when you watch Batman v Superman, because you hate yourself. Or you watch <laughs> Justice League because Joss no, Whedon I, I, I couldn't save it and it, was also kind of a dick on set, according to the guy who played yeah, Cyborg. I, there, so, there, like, there, I can't defend either director in Justice over the League. Place. It's, like, yeah. Joss no... Whedon is also my line for when do you hold an artist accountable for absolutely everything he does in his life? Because I, I do like Joss Whedon, but by all accounts, Joss Whedon is not a great person. He's not a good dude, was an asshole on that set, and then I read his the what the leaked Batgirl script, and I have no time for him. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know about the leaked <laughs> Batgirl script. It was terrible, and I don't want to have any... Nope, nope, done. <laughs> so bad. But, uh, I know none of this, and I think I'm going to live in ignorant bliss. Yes, do. It's happier there. Uh, so yeah, I can't defend any director involved in Justice League. It was just bad. Uh, the parts that were obviously Joss Whedon were better. It was more palatable. Well, but Superman parts, smiled, which was a fucking miracle. But <laughs> The parts that were Joss Whedon were over-the-top Joss Whedon. Because I think he was trying to counteract the grimdark... And if you think the Snyder Bros are coming for you, watch this. I actually prefer Joss Whedon's brother, Jed. Uh, in most of the stuff that he does. Um, he also runs it past his wife to be like, hey, is this problematic? Uh, <laughs> the only thing he did that I didn't like was his comic about the truth behind the Shepherd book because it was yeah. underwhelming. Right. Um, no, I'm, I'm talking about the entire run of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Front oh, yeah. to back was Jed, Jed and Marissa Whedon, uh, which, again, I will sing its praises forever because it was so good and now it's over. But All good things, Josh. I know. 
And it only had its seven seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, seven whole seasons. But <laughs> Snyder's Snyder's touch in Wonder Woman, because it, it's everything he does. Really, when you really want to break down my issues with Zack Snyder, it's that his favorite comic book is The Watchmen, and he doesn't understand how that's a deconstruction. <laughs> yeah. His favorite parts of the DC of, of comic books is the breakdown and ripping apart of superheroes to examine them and doesn't understand that that shouldn't be that should be an Elseworld that should be its own little like amuse bouge right. on top of the main course of my standard it's DC why the world. most the most interesting part of Justice League is the part where it almost becomes injustice where it's in the desert and they they have that like the, like the weird like, flashback scene the weird flashback scene that would have been a great introduction to an Injustice movie, and that's what he wants to do. I love Injustice, but I love Injustice because of its irreverence to the main right. story, you know? And I liked it, too. I mean, I played that game, and I was like, I'm minding my own business, playing Injustice, having fun. Oh, crap, we have to fight Nightwing. And I, like, I almost lost it a couple times because I felt bad because I didn't want to kill Dick Grayson. And then the next time you fight Nightwing, he takes his freaking mask off, and they're like, that's Damian Wayne. And I'm like, why is Damian well, he killed Dick Grayson. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking killing Damian Wayne today. Okay, cool. Let's go. I actually, <laughs> to go back, I was playing that game with you in your house when oh, that yeah. happened. And at first, he shows up and you're like, I don't want to kill him. But man, they didn't, they did Dick dirty in this. Like, this is not Dick Grayson at all. So there was and a, then Batman says, you're, you're not is- my son. You killed my son. Oh, and yeah. you were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's on, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I like sat up straight and just went to town on that fight because I was like, oh, yeah. now we're done. So I like Injustice, but again, right. I like it in its own section of the world. Although, because... not, to, not to spoil it too, but they did do dick dirty in the actual comic. I, yeah. So the, what you're saying is there was, a, there was a dirty dickin'? There was a dirty dickin'. There was. It was not great. It was a bad decision. <laughs> Jen is just going to pour another drink and ignore us entirely. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> there was gin. Um, I think. But no, ignoring the, the, the my, my bitching about the movie, because I have much bitching about that part of the movie. Otherwise, it's so good. And there's like little bits that build to making it so good. Gal Gadot's accent. Gal Gadot's casting alone, but her accent is, you just don't hear... That Israeli mm-hmm. accent in mm-hmm. English enough so that you hear it and go, oh, that's Israeli accented in English. Right. right. And so it is just kind of foreign enough to our ears that you can't place it so it's fucking perfect. It's I great than mascara. Right. Because you're like, I don't, because they've been away from Greece for so long and they speak so many right. languages, they shouldn't have a Greek accent. Right. So your their accent should be definitely not American, right. but something Different. Different. And her accent is just different enough that you're like, I'm not sure I can quite place you. And it makes, it gives her that kind of otherworldly feel. Yeah. And Agreed. it is perfect. Um, uh, Antiope. I love Antiope. Antiope's actually in the comics too. Okay. Um, she isn't always like the badass general. And I think early comics, she was trying to overthrow Hippolyta at one point. 60 years of comics. Yeah. I, I only know her as, as General Buttercup. Yes. Like yes, General that's, Buttercup. That's, but I am here for General Buttercup, so I'm okay oh, with yeah. it. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. She, Robin, right? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm like, I'm so confused. <laughs> just, you're, Buttercup. Just, you're just waiting for Chris Pines to say, as you wish. I understand. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But she's so good. And she picked up the accent really well, too. She had that kind of, like, if unless you kind of went in knowing that's who it was, it's hard to pick her out as Robin Wright. It is. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. Uh, And that was one of the parts that I was really impressed with. Basically, most of the Amazon stuff, Mm. I was very, very impressed with. Especially as today, we sat down and watched the first (laughs) one. (laughs) It's all about perspective. There was no... (laughs) There was no running down the beach in your nighty. Uh, <laughs> With zero. No, no, support, no. That by was, the way, that like, was her swimwear lingerie. Right. right. No. Yeah, the seventies. Seventies were a weird time, man. The seventies were a really weird time, especially when it came to what was considered in the United States as exotic no woman as well endowed as linda carter is running like that with no support in her bra i'm sorry that just hurt to watch like she's like running down the thing and i'm like ow your boobs (laughs) ow all i can think is ow stop it (laughs) so when they when you watch the the movie and it's like they're in this armor and everything's in place and it's not ridiculous over i mean it's definitely spartan there's open spots where you're like probably you would have armor protecting your arms but it's also greek based and they similarly wore very limited armor yeah they kept the you know center center of mass covered and lightly armored on the extremities yeah so it 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 definitely it wasn't like ridiculous boob armor but it was practical and none of their boots had heels right also true well, and that's actually a funny trivia from the TV show, the Linda Carter TV show. Anytime she was running, jumping, doing anything at all physical. She was in flats. She was in yep. flats. But then as soon as she was like posing or standing or talking or having a, a scene with dialogue, she had heels on. Yep. Well, those were just her magical boots. Right. <laughs> well, it's the magical Wonder Woman fuck me pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now with go-go boots. Oh, I'm sorry, puppy. I didn't see <laughs> So, uh, the Wonder Woman movie, Jen, what did you, what did you think? You watched it with me. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I was pretty impressed. Um, I liked the story. I loved the characters and the casting. I, I just, I really thought it was, you know, and I'm with Kat. It's, it's probably number one of the DC movies that I've seen recently. Um, I just thought it was really well done, um, and not... Not at all like the um, 70s Linda (laughs) Carter TV show. I mean, it was really... I thought that it showed her as being uh, not naive. I mean, she was naive, but not uneducated. only to the outside world. Yeah, They had the whole conversation in the boat about, you know, the books that she's read. Right. Exactly. Like, she's very knowledgeable. She understands a lot of things. And so her naivete is not a constant, you know, gag, running gag in the movie. Like, she very quickly learns what's up. Oh, yeah. She assimilates culture very rapidly. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciated that aspect. But I also loved the fact that it really went back to her being... A caretaker, you know, and not being because she's a woman that she's a caretaker. It's that that is like what she wants to do. I just had the thought though, because we just sat down and watched that first episode of the Linda Carter series, but they had that same scene in the movie, slightly altered because they have the scene in the in the first episode of her walking into the shop to get a dress. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, those two things literally just clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, they literally just took that straight from the 
uh, from the series mm-hmm. of her going into a shop and like, oh, well, we're going to put you in clothes. You're just going to pay for them in the movie. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. You're going to understand what money is yeah. Yeah. in the movie. Right. Well, and the scene after after they rescued the town and they're about to... We don't care about spoilers for the movie. We Not care about spoilers movie. for the cop. Yep. Cool. Yep, yep. So the scene after they, they save the town and they're about to go off to German high command and they're... and. All the guys are like, no, we're in. We're, we're going to help. Except for Charlie, who has a moment of like, I'm not helpful. I better not go. And her immediate response is, but Charlie, who will sing for us? That is epitome of Wonder Woman to me. That mm-hmm. little character moment is right. everything about that character in, in every good adaptation. Because God knows there are bad ones. It's that idea of, but... You that would hurt you, and it's unnecessary. Like, how can I make this not hurt you, right. and give you purpose? Right. Because everything Wonder Woman does, and I, I, I kind of broke it down comparing her to the other big three. Is that? Am I misremembering that, or was that Simon Pegg too? No, it's not Simon Pegg. It's oh. um, oh, I can't remember his name, but he's a British character actor. He's great okay. in everything. Um, Batman does what he does because he's crazy. He literally cannot stop himself. From not letting people die because he had trauma and Alfred failed uh, Gotham by not getting that kid therapy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Batman does what Batman does because Batman is crazy. Superman does what Superman does because it's the right thing to do and he was raised to do the right thing and the right thing to do means you don't kill people. Wonder Woman does what she does because it needs to be done. Someone has to do it. And sometimes that means just killing a dude. But sometimes it means being the person to get down and talk to a little girl because she wants to be a superhero someday, which is a freaking great comic. It's a little, like, one-shot comic thing that she... I think... I think Gail Simone wrote that, too. Uh, I don't have a type. But that actually comes up in the, the introduction to the graphic novel where Mercedes Lackey's talking about if you need somebody to stop the asteroid that's hurtling towards Earth... You go get Superman. If you need somebody to stop a war, you go get Wonder Woman. Yeah. Which, and I will cut back to my thoughts on the woman Wonder Woman movie and, and uh, link you in with that bear, but I just want to talk about that point because of the comic that we read. Mm-hmm. And the reason that this iteration of Wonder Woman is my favorite now is in both these stories, she's a diplomat first. Yes. Which she always has been. never see in most, like, other comics. Even Captain America is not a diplomat first. And in, no, he is a soldier first. In yes. the comics, she's a diplomat. Right. Like, she's literally the UN ambassador for Themyscira at times. She's an ambassador to the U.S. She's always been an ambassador of... Olive Branch from Themyscira to Man's World. Since since she was written, that has been her purpose. And so, there's an, there's another, and I'm going to do it again. It's another Gail Simone comic with Wonder Woman in it. I swear I don't do it on purpose. We love you, Gail. We really do. I really, really <laughs> do. Um, where, and I don't remember the exact context, but she's talking to someone, and they're like, why didn't you just, you could have you could have killed that guy, why didn't you just kill him? And she goes, we have a saying, my people. Don't kill if you can wound. Don't wound if you can subdue. Don't subdue if you can pacify. And don't raise your hand at all until you've first extended it. That is very Wonder Woman. That is that idea of, I'll kill you if I have to. Killing's not off the table here. But she's not the fucking Punisher. Right. She's not bound by 
the ideals of particularly the other two members of the big three. Right. You know, infamously, Infinity Crisis kicks off partly because she cuts Maxwell Lord's head off on Prime TV. And she does it because he's got some kind of crazy way of controlling Superman, and she lassos him, and he straight admits, well, I will control Superman, and he will be doing my bidding unless you kill me. And he's on the lasso doing it, and she goes, well, okay then, can't have Superman killing people, and just axes him. Which is why I like finally having a good guy, and happens to be a good gal, that is going to kill people if they have to die. But not full crazy Punisher no. murder everybody. Not, yeah, not it's Punisher. Important Punisher's, not, Punisher's not a good guy. I don't no. classify <laughs> Punisher as a good guy. But you, you've got like Batman and Superman, they're like, oh, we can't kill anybody. Like, no, somebody, some of these fuckers need to go. There is a moment in this comic, and I'm not going to give the situation, but I'll give what happened because it was very, it resonated deeply with me. And she says to a bunch of Nazis, you can go now. And they say, well, we'll be back. And she just says, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, it is it is that moment of, like, looking at the villain, and the villain's like, well, I'll be back, or whatever. And she's just like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, what she, what she does say is that I wouldn't. The megalodons have the taste oh, of your blood. Of now. your blood now. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. But it's, it's also just a, I beat you this time. I might not hold my hand next time. Right. I won't stay my hand next time. Right. Is what the unspoken part of that is. Right. And and, and, and the second comic, or the second story in this, that is taken to the nth degree, and I loved it. Not, you know, just with my rudimentary understanding of the DC universe and the way that things work, there is there is another cosmic entity that is, that is involved, and it is a very diplomatic, uh, just not something that you normally see yeah. in comic books or movies at all. And I still haven't really seen that aspect in the movies. I, I'm hoping, I don't think we're going to get it in Wonder Woman 84 because she's still not out, right? Like she's still, right. my hope is, and it's hard to say what's going to happen in the DC universe. With For some reason, they're even changing up how Aquaman is. They're like, we're going to make Aquaman darker. I'm like, but it made like a billion dollars. Why fuck with the system? DC is going right, to be seen. right. But we're my, gonna make Shazam a pedophile. What? 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 Why are you what? doing Wait. this? Wait. <laughs> Shazam was really good, though. Shazam um, was does, really good. Well, now I have now I have a philosophical question. Though. Oh boy, it, is Shazam? It depends on if he's Billy or if he's your Shazam. I mean, he's still. It depends just, on if he's Billy or if he's Shazam. <laughs> I'm just saying. Fair. We're not going to go more into this than that answer. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> back on. <laughs> Moments later on, on Paradise Island. Right. You may want to, <laughs> now we're having a mall rats moment. You may want to talk to your friend. He's really fixated on superhero sex organs. R.I.P. Stanley. But that like, I think it speaks very much to what about that you found interesting is that when Wonder Woman is written well, and I know you, I, especially when I'm talking about Superman, you get tired of me going, but when it's well written, it's good. No, no, and I agree <laughs> with you. The only problem is I have only hit two, maybe three Superman stories, even that have been recommended to me that I have found very engaging and awesome. And one of them, again, going back to that artist thing, was written by Max Landis. Fuck man, Max Landis. I know, I know. I'm just saying... 
American Alien is amazing and really will bring you to understanding Superman because he's not writing Superman, he's writing Clark Kent. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny because my husband will, especially when Barry's over doing the Superman talk, my husband will be like, <laughs> oh, well, this is a good Superman. I'm like, that's an Elseworld. This was a good Superman. That was also an Elseworld. Well, but Red Sun, also an Elseworld. Stop right. it. Right. <laughs> there are good ones. Those are just, I mean, those are also very good, but like, you need real, actual continuity good Superman. Right. And the answer is Superman versus the, um, crap. Superman number 666, where he takes over hell? No. I wouldn't doubt it if that was a thing. No, it it absolutely was a thing. Uh We talked about it on the Lucifer episode. Wow. It was a tie-in to the Sandman when Lucifer leaves hell. Nice. Superman comes. And eventually I will buy that comic. Uh, (laughs) We have mentioned it now like three or four times on this show. Superman versus the Elite. Okay. There's an animated show. It's on DC Universe. There's also a... It's an animated movie. There's also a comic about it. Good Superman. Do they fight Kenny Omega and Hangman Page? Kinda. They fight a bunch of uh, of pseudo superheroes who are like, no, but sometimes you just have to kill the bad guys. And it shows that difference okay. of these guys who are kind of broken but trying to be superheroes and are willing to cross those lines versus Superman. And giving you a hint of what would have happened if Superman was the guy that crossed that line. But it's it's not an Elseworld. That's an actual continuity story arc. Okay. I'll check that out. Um, yeah. And, you know, if we end up doing the the bang, da- bang out... Uh, Superman three-hour episode. Then where, you need more alcohol that I can drink. Oh, yeah. No, where we watch everything on DCU that has to do with Superman. No, th- I, I, I'm seriously talking about this will be a, a time sink Oof. to I, watch. There's like two months of prep work. Every movie to... And that's just for the, for the video. To re- yeah, I, I completely yeah. reserve the right to MST Yeah, you guys doing this episode because... It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm kind of scared. That's what we've been talking about doing for Superman, Batman, Spider Man, um, X Men. You know, I get to edit Jen's reaction video to our <laughs> podcast. No, I'm not. There I will am. be two versions. There will be us recording it, and then there will be Jen listening to the recording of us. That's and what I'm saying. Jen's no, reaction I, video. I, no, I am not kidding. Jr. Me and JR okay. will listen to it and do that. JR uh, Killian Green from yes. our Lock and Key episode. Yes. Okay, so what else do I have? Hopefully it's more on Wonder Woman. Oh, because we've talked Wonder a lot Woman about it. movie. <laughs> Fair? Because I have a thing on the Wonder Woman movie that's going to spin this whole conversation. You mean it hasn't spun? Uh, it'll spin more. <laughs> okay. So what did you think of the Wonder Woman movie? I'm also scared again. Like the most recent one? Like the one... Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, like Much like Kat said, up until the final fight scene, which at which point I was paying less attention to the fight and more of Steve up in the plane. And it's like, are they going to kill him? Are they really going to kill him? No, they can't kill him. Are they going to kill him? That's kind of where I was going with that. Other than that, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the movie. So, like I said, it's number three on my, on my new DC list. But I liked it a lot better when it was called Captain America the First Adventure. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> So here are the things that are similar between you, between these two movies. They're both set pieces, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which you do. Uh, Steve Trevor and Peggy Carter are both the love interests. I just like Peggy Carter more. Uh, both Steves die in a plane crash or a plane explosion. 
Uh, and both are back years later, as we've seen in the trailers for Wonder Woman. We don't know enough context to be able to say that. Okay, I'm just saying. The trailer made it seem almost wishy, which means he might not actually be real. We do not have enough context for that. I'm not willing to argue with it until I have more data. Okay. But I am saying that Wonder Woman came out in 2017. Captain America, the first Avenger, came out in 2011. Oh, yeah. There is very much enough crossover. There's enough to make them look like... Right, which is a joke that I've heard since 2017. Right. Like, I've, I've been reading that on Twitter since the movie came out. They were wrong then, too. Um, <laughs> okay. It all comes down to the war choice. It all comes down to this being World War One. They didn't just make this World War One to differentiate from Captain America. They did it because it's the only war in which this story works. That idea that there's no good guys in World War One. Right. In World War Two. Also, it's the war. Nazis are wars. Nazis, and yeah. there's everybody else, and the right. Japanese. Like, right. there's a very easy the you know Hydra is fucking Hydra. They're terrible. They're worse than normal Nazis, and you didn't know that was a thing. Like World War One is ambiguous. She yells at the generals in London because they deserve it. Because renownedly, the British generals during World War One didn't give a single solitary shit about their actual soldiers. Right. They were all a bunch of noble hypocrites who were just willing to send people off to die for their own likes. That's Winston Churchill famously had how many people die at Gallipoli. Um, World War One is the big difference and it's they did it because it paints that picture of Ares. Uh, of their war has no good guys. You can't make this movie and set it in World War Two because there are good guys and bad guys. And it's... Yeah, I, I just disagree. I mean, there's definitely parallels and I kind of wish like... Steve Trevor died in a submarine or in right. like a car. Yes, yes. there are there are definitely like there are definitely ways that they could have done that a little, little differently. Like a little differently to make them less obvious parallels. But Steve Trevor's also always been a pilot. He's been a pilot since 1940. Like he was a pilot before Captain America died in a plane crash. Right. Um so you there's some of that like trying to figure out where you want to make that determination. But mostly I disagree almost entirely just because they made it in World War One, And World War One is such a different setting, such a different war with such different motivations that there, there's no comparison. Also, uh, the U.S. Army actually gave a shit about Peggy Carter. Also very true. Yeah. Uh, agreed on that one. And the British High Command couldn't give a single shit about Steve Trevor. Although Tommy Lee Jones did kind of. I'm looking down your yeah, bullet list there and I bit. think all those points go to Cat. Yeah, yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope, cat one of that one, which is why I have a double secret double down. Oh boy. Does the reverse fridge exist and was Steve double fridged? Or or reverse No, fridged? because he was entirely of his own volition. Okay. A fridge happens when you can't choose it. That's why I hate Deadpool 2. It's also done for a reason. <laughs> and it's done for, well, even then, sometimes it's done for a reason. The initial fridging right. of Kyle Rayner's girlfriend was done to make Kyle Rayner a better super hero right. in, right. in the long yeah. run. But Steve didn't have to go. She literally says, no, whatever it is, I can do it, I can do it. And he goes, no, it has to be me. I can save today, you can save the world. He is making a decision, a deliberate choice to sacrifice himself and to do that. He is, he is not being heroic. fridged. He is making a decision and has agency in what happens to him. Agency is where the fridge happens. If you don't have any agency, 
If you just get shot because some dude came into your apartment, not over Deadpool 2, um, <laughs> you just got fridged. Very different. Okay. Uh, you have now gone through every point that I took off of Gail Simone's Twitter <laughs> that people were yelling at her about. Now, I, I originally I originally did have you. no, I originally <laughs> did have the Captain America Wonder Woman thing when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. But studying and, and looking into it, I I came up with a lot of uh, I did not come up with the World War 1 versus World War 2 and how much history that History nerd. That is yeah, that is more the history nerd and your entire family's history nerd esque. In fact, in my notes, picking World War 1 was genius. There were no real good guys. The generals were uh heartless aristocrats. In my notes. Yeah. I was going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went through and I was like, maybe I can have Gail talk without Gail talking. Maybe through Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Get Cat mad and release. Yep. <laughs> Been doing it for 13 years. I mean, it's really easy. I get Shake her up. Point <laughs> at MRAs. Ah. <laughs> uh. That is actually legitimately a very fun time. I enjoy trolling MRAs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the other bullet points that I have down here to discuss is the different ways that Wonder Woman is portrayed. And it comes down to just generally how women are portrayed. Um, you know, generally they talk about the Madonna or the whore. Um, I would argue that that's the Madonna, the whore, and the Lady Macbeth. Um, because I would add the manipulating, conniving, you know, and in neither Madonna nor whore give that. I think most people tend to wrap them into the whore aspect, yeah, but, but yeah. I think that you're right. I think it's more of a triad than a right. Um, and as we've discussed, I I before this um, have liked the the Lady Macbeth. If those are my three options <laughs> out of Wonder Woman, um, because again, you have the 1970s version, which is obviously Madonna. You have the uh, Lady Macbeth version, which is Kingdom Come Injustice. Uh, I don't know of any core like. <laughs> initial bit when she was in Injustice like the first comic run of Injustice before right. she went like full manipulative kind of right but this not really Wonder Woman style but again why I love this comic and I'm I I go through and I order if I can hardcover and the only hardcover of this book that was available was an old library edition which I'm so happy that I got it um, off of Amazon um, this is going like into my I'm gonna pull this down and read this again I really really enjoyed this story again because it's not Madonna it's not whore it's not Lady Macbeth she's a diplomat yeah she is She like her goal number one is to resolve the situation in a way that all parties or at least like there's not a winner or loser every party comes to the table and comes away with something that they wanted um, well, hundred percent, and she is a she is a princess, and everything that a princess should be. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Not Which, in the pop culture, like oh, spoiled princess, right, like yeah, in no. a not I princess a, Peach. No, in like a uh, a like a Queen Elizabeth during World War Two. Yes. Like service she, to my country. Princess. She is a boss. She is also. She is a boss. She is smart. She's educated. She understands motivations. She understands how to talk to people. She understands how to negotiate. She's a boss. She's diplomatic, she's political, and when all that fails, she will kick your fucking ass. She's a boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I just had Wonder Woman coming out to Sasha Banks' music and doing the... <laughs> <laughs> 
it, but if you go into portrayals of Wonder Woman, it, that's when you have to get into the history of Wonder Woman. Because, especially, I know, I think you mentioned that back in the day, Wonder Woman was always like this, oh, well, especially the, the introduction to this comic talks about that a lot. And that was a backlash to original Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Because Wonder Woman was written, written by a very fascinating guy. And that's another note that I've got. <laughs> so I don't think any of the four of us have actually watched Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Have we? No. Mm-hmm. Never even heard of this. It is a dramatic retelling of how Wonder Woman was created and, his, and, and her creator. Um, who? Sorry, Cat. By all means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yep. Did that thing. No, you're good. One second. I need a drink. <laughs> of not alcohol. Right. <laughs> oh, which reminds me, I need a drink of alcohol. Of course you do. Um, Eastern Iowa, Millstream Cream Soda. It's actually very good. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of Millstream. Um, so, William Moulton Marston, and when you see it in, in within context of comics, it's just William Moulton. It's his pseudonym he used because he didn't really need all that attention on his actual life because it was fucking crazy. Um... So he was a psychologist. He, in 1940, wrote, uh, not really wrote an article, he was interviewed by a lady whose pen name was Olive Richards, but actual name was Olive Byron, who is very relevant to this story at some point. Um, And in it, he talked about how comics could be better than they are. About how, um, how you could use superheroes to teach people how to be better people. And that it's been kind of wasted so far, that it hasn't been been used in that way. And so the president of All-American Comics at the time reached out to him and was like, well, prove it. Write a, write a superhero. And so he's like, okay, I can do that. And his wife was like, make her a woman. And so he created her based on an ideal. And he got the job because of an ideal, which is that... You need a superhero who will defeat their enemy by love and compassion and conversation and not violence unless they need to and not vengeance. Diana is supposed to be an ideal of when showing us a better way, which I think is very much what Superman's supposed to be as well nowadays. Superman has certainly become more of that uh, since he started. Well, unless you're... You know, watching Zack Snyder movies. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. The rage. Because if you think about the time, 19 flames on the side of my face. Flaming (laughs) flames on the side of my face. If you look at the time when that article was written, it was in 1940, which was 20 years after suffrage. Because my 100th anniversary suffrage party had to get canceled because of COVID. I mean, um, you were super, you're still super upset about that. It was going to be a thing. We were going to have costumes, votes for women. It was going to be awesome. Step in time. Yeah. You joke. It was going to be never a thing. Never had a reason, never had a wrong. That was British suffrage, which was earlier, but still. Okay. Um, And it was still five years from World War II causing women to have to work outside of the home. And starting that liberation of women in the workforce. So it was this kind of awkward period where kind of. We were supposed to be equal, but really, we really weren't. It was 1940. And it, when you put into that, a lot of his views and a lot of how he wrote Wonder Woman at that time, first off, dude was really into bondage. And there were parts of his views and that polyamory. I... polyamory. Well, yeah. Olive Richards, or Olive Byrne, or Byrne, was actually his mistress. 
Um, so he got his, his girlfriend job. in his girlfriend. Polyamory yes, sense. his girlfriend. Yes. They his second. I'll look hazy on if the wife and the girlfriend were actually a couple as well. They certainly stayed together after his death. So his wife was super cool with this. They were just polyamory. They were both he like they they had a polyamory um, relationship. I, there's probably a better word for Proof that. You, you, yes, we, we've had the discussion about how you hate the term polyamory. I really hate the term polyamory. Polyamory, if that is your thing, is totally fine. But do not mix your Latin and your Greek. Pick a side. There were a trica. Yeah. That, I hate that less. <laughs> <laughs> polyamory annoys me because it feels weird because you're mixing your roots. But that's just a nerd part of me. But... Wonder Woman, Diana is based off of both those women. Her intelligence and her her spunk and her not giving a shit about what people think is very much based on his wife. And her physicality is all very much based off of his girlfriend. And the comics had a lot of, like, Wonder Woman would get bound and then she didn't have powers anymore. And then she had to break out of her bondage and then suddenly she had powers again. Which was partly Marston's just view of being into bondage, but also his view of people, and I disagree with him here, but his idea that people cannot be peace, peace cannot happen, world peace cannot happen, until people accept being under the bondage of some kind of ruling thing. (laughs) That we all have to accept being under some form of bondage in order for world peace to occur. So we're going back to Loki in the first Avengers. Kind of also more... um... More like mentally, like mentally, I'm okay with the government controlling me, you know, like right. that kind of a thing, but no, less subtext. Uh. <laughs> right. But so I mean, no, Loki was more. You were made to be ruled. Yes, mm-hmm. this is more. You won't find inner peace and I happiness mean, until you accept until that you, you have to be ruled. Until you agree to, yeah. Until you give your will to the ruling. But yeah. he was a he was a feminist and a progressive, and he very much hated the idea of women being subjugated to certain roles and certain rules. And so that's why Wonder Woman always broke out of bondage. That's why she always ended up breaking out and saving the day. When he died in 1947, he'd already had a lot of backlash to Wonder Woman's... I mean, there was was not a lot of sub in the subtext of early Wonder Woman comics. I mean, there was a lot of sub, but not the same sub. (laughs) Sub as in subtext. (laughs) Ah, hell, I did that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Bump, set, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a huge amount of backlash. And so when you read the comics post Marston's death, it is all, I'm good with matrimony and I'm the secretary for the JLA and I'm, you know, in heels all the time and I'm just, oh no, things are happening and it's bad. Like they hard turned to contradict the staunch feminist ideals of the original comics. And that it was funny, I was reading an article about it. And actually, Gloria Steinem is the person who who changed all of that because she put Wonder Woman on the front of her magazine. And at the time, one of the members of her board was the president of DC Comics. And he was like, oh, I actually don't disagree with this. And that's when you started to see that shift back from that hard, submissive, shitty Wonder Woman. The things Woman. that Mercedes Lackey was talking about. Exactly. Her. Yeah. And you still get that. Like, there's definitely times in even modern comics where you're reading Wonder Woman going, but why? Why are you fucking Superman in New 52? uh, Yeah. Well, and... Over it. I also... 
I mean, I understand that point, but in my research, and again, there's a lot of writers that have gotten their hands on Wonder Woman. The two names that keep coming up as the best are Gail Simone and Greg Rucka. Oh yeah, Rucka does some good stuff. But Rucka was also in charge of, not New 52, just 52. Yes. And, um... Naming. Yeah, I know. Well, that's okay because uh, Secret War, Secret Wars in seriously freaking Marvel. Did they do that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And now wow. there's the new Secret War that happened. It, it, it there was one a few years ago, and it's just the same name as they did back in the '80s. So see, at least when DC did it, they went from <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths to Infinite Crisis. It's not much better, but it's better. <laughs> it's like super secret double probation. <laughs> yeah. That's what Marvel needs to do. That's right. Toga party. No, because then they'll just yeah. turn her, then they'll just turn around into double Toga. Toga. Was it over when the Germans bur- bombed Pearl Harbor? I just in all of that. Leave alone. He's in, on a roll. In all of that, I just see John Belushi as the Hulk from SNL, like saying all of those lines. I would like to go to there. <laughs> Let us go together. I will drive. <laughs> Actually, bringing up Marvel, that was another thing that I wanted to get into. Recently, very recently, we've had Captain Marvel as as the as the uh, Marvel Wonder Woman. But if you could choose, well, okay, the the iconic woman within Marvel. Marvel has always lacked in that. I have, yeah, and I think we've had several. And this is probably an example of you bringing me around to that. One in the end, um, which is that what I've always said that Marvel does don't Marvel does does not do their women justice. They never have done their women justice because there's the big three: Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, and everyone knows them. And before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you don't talk about an X Men, mm-hmm. name me a female Marvel superhero. If you're not a comic book nerd, right? No, they're right. just no. Yeah. Don't be wrong. DC's not much better, but for the most part, you can guess. Wonder Woman, Batgirl, and Supergirl. Closest you got was Wasp. Yes. I would actually agree. Janet Wasp. Van Dyne was the closest you got, and... They but, did her dirty a lot. But... They did but, her... They, 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 but, they if you're not a comic nerd, who... I, Wasp? I don't know yeah. who the fuck Wasp I, was. I honestly didn't know who Wasp was. If I had to, if I had to say anything, like... And not really being a comic book nerd, I'd have been like, well, you've got Jean Grey. You've got... And I couldn't even name her. I'd be like, what's her name from the Fantastic Four? Super oh, yes, Sue Storm. You do have, yeah, but she's, yeah. Even she's then. The girl. That, that's the thing. Jean Grey is the girl. Right. And Sue Storm is the girl. Right. Like, In the meantime, Wonder Woman's been running her own comic since the right. 40s. Yeah. And Power Girl had her own comic in the 60s. Like, there, DC had solo female superheroes with their own comic for almost as long as DC's been around. And Marvel had the girl on a group team. It's yeah. true. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, one of my my first favorite superhero of all time is Gambit. My second favorite is Rogue. But yes, X Men. Like very Holy shit, specific. I forgot about Rogue. Like even well, that's like, why I right said now, if, you like, X, oh, if you don't do X Men, because when you do X Men, right. they actually because you then you get Claremont then you and get, those guys have done a lot of work to build female characters in the X-Men universe yeah. LBGTQ is yeah. in the X-Men race is in the X-Men religion's in the X-Men well, but X- that's like X-Men is all about race like well it is it's all about persecution yeah. of 
everything. Of everything. But it started with race was what was going on in the zeitgeist at the time. Yes, you're absolutely right. But, and X-Men has always led that charge. They were the first one to have a gay marriage. They were the first one to have, you know, uh, a Native American superhero. Gail Simone was the first one to have a trans character, though, in her Batgirl comic. That's very true. But to get back to what we were talking about, (laughs) I was very excited when I saw Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel. Uh, Okay, so... I was so excited. excited. Let's let's talk for a second. I love her. If y'all have not picked up the new Avengers game for PS4. I have not yet. It is the Kamala oh, Khan game, and it it's brilliant. So good, Cat. You have <laughs> to see it. He you well, see it. I, I came in, and he's like, "I'm gonna hand you this controller," and I'm like, "What am I doing?" And I looked up, and I'm just like, "It's just the Hulk on the screen." He's like, "You're in training mode," and I'm like, "Oh, this will be fun." And I just started wailing on guys, and it was it's the probably Hulk. the I mean, most satisfying. I was already thing gonna I've get it done. because like half of Critical Role is in it. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but story mode is all. Almost all from Kamala Khan's point of That's view. amazing. And it's so good. It's, it's so... really well done. I want to, in fact, do this show. Um, I want to do our first video game as the media episode and read... I already picked up oh, as the, the, first, the first Ms. Marvel yeah. like comic because... God knows when you'll get an actual Ms. Marvel media. Yeah. There's going to be a Disney Plus show. We'll see if it happens and it's good. Right. Also. COVID. True. So... But- but Avengers. When when Miss Marvel when it was announced, like I saw it uh, when it was when they announced that they were making a new Miss Marvel. When I said, "Baby, baby, baby, you got to see this." I don't think so. I think I was the one saying, "Hey, have you seen this yet?" Oh, you may be right. You may be because right on that. I one. saw it. Usually, trailers. It's me being like, "Yeah, it wasn't a trailer. It was something." It was like a news article about the character yes, being introduced. Yes, and I was so excited, and I wanted to read it, and that's all your fault. technically it's me and bear's fault because i wanted to do this show with you and then you made me get somebody else because you said you couldn't do it and then after first season we brought you in full time right well (laughs) i still don't have time to do it i'm just making time to do it (laughs) that's fair listen we all know that you're you're just making time to sit here and drink with me because you love me well yeah (laughs) so are you asking us to choose between between Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman because that's an easy answer for me but you're mean I understand that no I'm my question was what before and and you got to it before Marvel got fully on board and started doing Captain Marvel as the you know this is the the iconic woman in our in our line who would you would have brought up and you eliminate all the x-men which was going to be my answer because i would have gone with storm i would have gone with rogue Jean to gray. a lesser degree Jean gray but as much as you say lesser degree she really was like the only girl for a while she there, was the only so. girl but that was her role yes like wonder woman is i'm a hero Jean gray's role was and i'm also the girl and i'm right here and i love scott <laughs> Because for that reason, they really don't give her anything. Give her anything right. to do. It wasn't until your it, storm. It, it's your not that they don't give her. Pride. It's not that they don't Kitty give her pride. anything to do. It's they don't give her any depth or agency. There, yeah, I mean, agency is king. She is such a flat character. Right. Why do you care about her? Ooh, right. Is she the uh, the good guy version of Soundwave and the Decepticons? <laughs> I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of a yes man. Oh, and this guy's the awesome. And I have takes. 
which were had more character than I did. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Don't know enough about Transformers to really respond to that. So that's okay. Three knows this is his call out. <laughs> yeah. He knows it's coming. We're gonna have him on the show. Not even girls want to be girls as long as our feminine archetype lacks force, strength, and power. That's a quote by William Marston when he was talking about and defending Wonder Woman. Women's strong qualities have become despised because of their weakness. The obvious remedy is to create a feminine character with all the strength of Superman, plus all the allure of a good and beautiful woman. Well, and on that note, anybody else have anything to throw in before we get to our last question well the only thing that i wanted to point out when we were talking about the big three from dc we talk about superman we talk about batman and superman his intelligence is never really discussed it's or or his education batman is a brilliant detective and, and he's rich and, so yeah. we assume that he's well educated Wonder Woman, we know that she is probably better educated than the entire gamut of superheroes in DC or Marvel. And I found that interesting. For her to be able to be a superhero as a woman, she has to be better educated than anyone. Yeah. Superman is actually intelligent because if you think about the fact that he was a, a reporter for basically the New York Times back when newspaper reporters were a very important job. He has to be smart to have that job. He has to be educated to have that job. But I agree with you. I think that there's a difference in the kind of intelligence between just I'm very educated and I've read a lot and I know a lot versus the practical application of intelligence like Batman Agreed. or Iron Man. Agreed. But yeah, 100% you, as the same thing with being a woman and being a comic book nerd or being a woman and liking to work on classic cars or being a woman who likes to ride motorcycles or being a woman in tech. Sure. You have to be better by, by in every way. By degrees better. Or you can't defend your position. Exactly. I remember when I I'm, I love football and my I had to change football teams because of the way something went down. And when I went to go find a new football team, I was talking to people on a subreddit about it and I'm like, I have, I'm like, you're not a very old football team, so I'm going with you because I won't have to learn as much of your history. And they're like, why do you need to worry about the history? I'm like, because otherwise people will call me a fake fan because I'm a woman. And that's the immediate response. Oh, the are you sure you know about, you know, what kind of, what kind of carburetor do you need, Suge? Um, oh my God. <laughs> you and, you and I ran into that. Yeah. When All the time. You were fixing my car and we walked into a place and I know nothing. Nothing. These, everyone here <laughs> can attest. Everyone <laughs> here. The dogs can attest. I know nothing about mechanical things or tools or especially cars. Um, so I brought Kat with me. And the guy walked in. He's like, he looks right at me, ignores her and says, so what do you need? I point at Kat. Cat goes into the whole thing with what's the problem. The guy looks back at me and asks a follow-up question and does it three more times. And had that not been the only like shop within 50 miles at uh, where we were, we would have left. No, I'd have just gotten it. I'm so used to it now that I don't I don't get mad. I you can't get mad about it. Part I grew up in a small town, so we only had so many parts stores. The parts store in my hometown, I never had that problem because he was very good friends with my dad and understood. The parts, the only parts store in the nearby big town, there were three parts stores there and everyone there was assholes. So what's the point of going to a different one? If these guys have what I need, I can go there and get treated like an idiot three more times and get the same part for the same price or I can just deal with this dickhead. You got to learn to just take it <laughs> eventually. If you learn. Which, which is in a nutshell what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. 
It was funny because I remember walking out because we got the part and we we left. I and, was livid. And we get out and what? Yeah, Josh is like, "What just happened? How did that just happen?" I'm like, "Oh, it happens all the time." He's yeah. like, "What did? What did?" And he was so mad, and I was like, "Why are you freaking out?" Dude? <laughs> this is just because I never normal. had it like literally right in front of me like that. Okay. White. Male privilege. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Neon sign. Very much understand my white male privilege. I would also just like to point out that when I want to have a conversation about either cars or construction, I talk with Kat and Jen. <laughs> I will play video games. Yes. And I'll and, bring them and drinks. Then, yes. And I'll be like, hey, hon, can you go, can you go get us something to snack well, we're on? We're a little and, hungry. Would yeah. you make some food, please, Josh? I, I remember one time the radiator... The back of the radiator in, in Josh's Somehow. car had a hole the size of a golf ball in it. And I was trying to... I couldn't see the hole, so I was like, it's got to be... This much fluid falling out has got to be a hole in the lower radiator hose. So I'm underneath this old rusty car in March, cursing the because it is... that tried to kill me so many times. It, because, tried, it tried to take my eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, different time, but same. And it is rusty, and it is old, and those were the original clamps from 1987. And I'm under this car, using every power word that my father taught me, which means I was calling it many names. And I... I like the term power word. And I finally get it to loosen up, and I, like, roll out from under this car, and there is my husband, and my brother, and my ex-brother-in-law, drinking beer... And watching me on the ground cursing at a car. And I'm like, this is oh, bullshit. S- spoiler, since it hasn't been said on the show, I'm the ex-brother-in-law. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> our, our relationship is complex. <laughs> All good. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Like... I'm down here covered in rust and angry, and my hair is now soaked with fluid because I finally got the stupid hose to come loose. I mean, arguably, I grew up on a farm, so if that was, like, in my experience growing up, it was, you were the youngest one, that's how you ended up on the bottom. You make a fair point, and (laughs) I am also the youngest. Uh, But we later had to replace the whole damn radiator, and I remember we were, like, getting people together to come and do it, and Josh is like, I'll make pizza! Oh, yeah, and I cooked (laughs) for everybody, and I brought them drinks, like... And you got made fun of when you went to the parts store to buy a radiator? Oh my god, because there was somebody from high school that was like, are you sure you should be here getting this? And I was like, no, I have a note. Like, I literally have the part number written down. I have a permission slip. From my sister-in-law? Yep. Yep. Here it is. Oh my god, yeah. Alright, so, there are... This was the first of... Five graphic novels that Gail Simone wrote Wonder Woman for. Kat, have you, or will you be looking for, uh, was this the first time you had read The Circle? No. I mean, okay. I actually, I hadn't actually sat down to read all of it. I'd read bits of it, and I'd okay. caught bits of it, and knew that, because we haven't actually really talked about the comic at all. Yeah. Uh, so maybe... Well, well it's, uh, it also has some, some spoilerish. We've alluded to it, but... Yeah. It's very short, like... It's very short. The I, We can't talk about it too much without spoiling the hell out of it. Yeah. Right. It is a, a very fascinating retelling of her origin story from a, from a different perspective. From a really, really different perspective. And I think it builds the world of Themyscira very well. Um... 
And it's why I picked it, because I thought that its parallel with the movie was perfect, because it perfect. is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Both of those yeah. origin stories and telling it from different ways. And that's one of the things about the movie that I loved was that <laughs> Wonder Woman's origin story has always been a little bananas. It's not quite Power Girl crazy, but it's pretty like. She was shaped by clay and given life by Zeus. Nope, she's Ares's kid. Nope, she's Zeus's kid. Like, right. they, the, all those origin stories are valid within the context because they've all been used. And so I like that they hinted at both. And they hinted at one and confirmed both in the movie, or confirmed one in the movie. And same thing with this. I thought it was cool to be like, here's this origin story told from this, I can't quite say outside, very cool perspective. Right. Yeah. And here's the movie, which is telling another origin story um and it's even gonna give you that kind of like you know ball in a cup clay versus actual demigod thing right um it's like how they've never nailed down definitively the joker's origin right and that's no, but they every shouldn't. time they do it it just keeps getting more and more entertaining right. and, and as we talk there's a from. three jokers thing that's going on right now that i'm the Joker is better if you don't define the Joker. Yes. Asian of Chaos. Yep. I, I like... It's It's very much like there's a there's a really good Doom comic that um, is this, like, create like just a straight up, this is Doom's origin. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they finally, like, broke down all of Doom's origin. And at the very end of the comic, you find out he w- it was a Doom bot all along telling you the story. So you uh, don't know uh, if uh. it's true. And that's actually a great part of Doom, too, is that it's better if you don't entirely know how much is mad science and how much is magic. Like, right. It should be a Maldilis, uh, like And you should be able really to kind of move on the like, scale. On the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm gonna read more Gail Simone Wonder Woman comics. Yeah. Jen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Why are these not in our Amazon cart right now? <laughs> uh, I'm glad that we turned everything off. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. As the house is like, did you say something? Did yeah, you need to right. order something? Excuse me, what do you need? We could have this here by Monday if you need it. Uh, I really enjoy Gail Simone. Um, and, you know, my experience with Wonder Woman was fairly tenuous before this is, this assignment. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. And as a follow-up to the movie, I felt like uh, the circle was a really good go into the graphic novel. Fair. I absolutely love this graphic novel. I'm actually taking this back home with me because there are other people that need to read this. I will get it back to you. <laughs> good, because that's, that's a hardcover library edition. At, Those are at, hard at, to find. At a future date, you will receive this back, but there are other people that desperately need to see what a princess is, what a diplomat is, and what a warrior is, and nice. it's all right here in one woman. like it. I, uh, I, 100% the same. I'm going to go get the other four. Um, they're going on our shelf. They're fantastic. I'm so glad that I found the, the hardcover library edition. But the last thing that I will say is if I had found a comic like this that was a Superman comic, I would not give Superman as much shit as I do. Oh, same here. Because <laughs> 100%. This is, this is the comic that I'm looking for Gail, in the will Superman you write some Superman for us? Um, I'll check and see if she has. I, I know she's done like little sprinkles of him. Like he's been in, in stuff she's written before. Right. I don't think anyone's been brave enough to give Gail the keys to soups. Uh, Editor's note, there is a Superman comic 
written by Gail Simone. It is called Superman Strange Attractors. And will probably be a stay tuned for whenever we do our Superman episode. I'm always, I think it's certainly she would say the same thing. She's always excited whenever anyone's willing to give her the keys to somebody. Right. And, and that, <laughs> that's actually what she says on her Twitter uh, repeatedly. And if uh, our listeners use Twitter at all and they have not for one reason or another subscribe to Gail Simone, she is, she's wonderful. a powerhouse. She's wonderful. But you just need to know she trolls the ever living fuck out of all nerds. Everybody. Like, you'll be reading, like, ha, she's trolling these people. That's funny. But one day she will come for you. <laughs> one day, one day <laughs> one she day will come for you. Your... Twitter and go, what the? Ah, oh, she got me. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, and I believe we talked about this in the Birds of Prey episode. If you not listened to it, please tune in. But there is a story about how a guy goes off on her for uh, her portrayal of Punisher and her response is between the two of us which one do you think actually has written the Punisher? Oh, it's so good too. <laughs> you just want to bottle that sensation. Yeah, yeah. Just those, <laughs> those, those fanboy tears just it's right, so good. right in my mouth. Especially as like as Jen said, as a woman who is consistently having to defend my position because I have very yes. traditionally male interests, so much of my life is having to be like, no, but I really do know about this. That like those moments when you can flip it on a on like one of those gatekeepers, oh, it's the best. It is the feeling, best feeling in the world. It's like a validation of thirty years of. But no, I do like cars. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally you get to look at them and go, no, you're wrong, and here's why. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. I love it. So Gail's, Gail's Twitter is that all the time, which is half the reason. I, it's like, it's either she's trolling people or she's going, mm, but I've actually written this person. So try again. Please, please uh, tell me about Deadpool. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, this has been a super action-packed gigantic episode of Graphically Novel. I warned Stay you. tuned for next week where we talk about more bondage in the form of He-Man. What? Wait, Just kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Oh, God, why? I'm not in. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not in either. I'll talk about new She-Ra for days. Less bondage there. <laughs> so good. So the new well, She-Ra. Well, wait, is Bo in the new She-Ra? Yes, and he's amazing. So. Oh, oh, better than he was. <laughs> I've never watched the original She-Ra. I don't hate myself. Oh, Watch the new She-Ra on Netflix. It's super, super, super good. It's got LGBT representation. It's got neurodivergent representation. It is amazing. <sighs> Also, the reason why you should watch Dragon Prince if you haven't seen it. Dragon Prince is also great. Watch new She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been Graphically Novel. Tune in next week when we will be talking about Joker. We'll be talking about the uh, new movie. We will be talking about uh, the Joker Brian Azalo comic. Ooh, that's good. And we will be talking about the, the killing, killing joke. joke. <laughs> Our DC expert has spoken. As <laughs> your, your Batgirl fan has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, take it away, Vandello. Knocking at the door Pretty pictures On the page
nothing ever stays the same. Do 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 Ever as it seems. 